I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily. Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me. Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Welcome to Mental Health Perspectives with your host, Dr. John Huber, Chairman for Mainstream Mental Health. Feel more about him by going to his website at MainstreamMentalHealth.org and it's Christian Sonata Walker. CEO, a host of Mental Health News Radio. Learn more about her by going to her website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. Miss Walker, Dr. Hooper, welcome to the program. Hope you guys are having an unbelievable Friday. <laughs> Wait, I Thank am. you. <laughs> All right. So one of our first topics is when I was a kid, my parents used to always say, don't hang out with that bad crowd. Stay away from the bad crowd. And I'm kind of trying to figure out what they're saying. But I guess now... It's coming to the realization that I guess people are apparently are affected by their five or six closest friends. I'm wondering, from both of your perspectives, how does your closest friends, how do your closest friends impact you on a psychological level? And if you are not in the place you want to be, should you dump those friends and hang out with people that are living a lifestyle that you want to have? We'll start with you, Dr. Huber. Well, I remember that uh, my, my first job, my first foray into entrepreneurship, I had a little consulting company, and I I was blessed to have a venture capitalist to uh, kind of turn into an angel instead of a venture capitalist, and he taught me lots of things. He's like, one of the things he taught me was that if you want to make a million dollars, you know, you can keep listening to your friends who aren't making a million dollars tell you how to do it, or you can try and find friends and make friends who are making a million dollars. And you can learn from them and see what they're doing and how they're running their lives and how they get up in the morning and their routines as opposed to your friends who are making $25,000, dollars $35,000, which is not to disrespect them. But if you have loftier goals, surround yourself with people who are doing those things and see what they're doing and how they're able to do those things because you're going to learn from that. So in a lot of ways, you know, you are that kind of core network. You learn how to become that explosive dynamic business dynamo. Now, from a personal standpoint, if you hang around friends who are depressed all the time, there may be a good reason for that. You may be depressed. And uh, if you're trying to work yourself out of depression, remember that, 
the old saying's true, misery loves company. And you're hanging out with those people for a reason. You don't necessarily want to be around people who are really dynamic, excited, and living their life when you're depressed because that makes you more depressed because you're like, oh, my goodness, they're having a great life and I'm not. So it's really, I think, those core friends are, and business associates, the the ones you really, really glean on and, and talk to all the time and share your information with, they are probably a good litmus test for each individual person to see where they're really at and what they're really doing. And how about you, Ms. Walker? I agree 100% with everything that you just said, um, and I'll, I'll add this, you know, the patient perspective here. I had a wonderful therapist because um, I was the kid that all of the quote-unquote bad kids came to with all their problems. So I knew, and this is from young, you know, early teens, I knew who was being molested, who was father was an alcoholic, who like I knew all those things and they all came to me. And my therapist at the time said, Kristen, your circle is a mirror of how you feel about yourself. And I did not understand what she was saying at the time. And I'm not saying that those people were bad. They were going through horrible stuff. But Um, I woke up to what that meant later and I've certainly had, uh, have been in not good circles. Um, since I am someone that people always want to get advice from, even if I don't know what I'm doing, they still want advice from me. Um, there have been people that really, uh, you know, want to leech a lot of information out of me. And, um, what I found is, Hanging out with people, a lot of that was me and my ego. And it was really good for me to get out of that and do like this podcast and as, as an example and interview really interesting people doing interesting things and in a place in life that maybe I wanted to be. It opened up my world to having really equal friendships with people so that now I can look around in the mirror is, Oh wow, that's a cool mirror. And I don't need to be the leader of everything. Um, I don't need to be the one that knows everything because I don't. And it's okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Makes total sense. And just shifting gear. There's a report that came out. I think it was recently that said Americans are taking the least amount of vacation days than they have ever had. So it's a it's called a no no vacation nation, and both of your perspectives. What do you think are the psychological detriments or benefits of not taking a vacation? Why is it important? Is it, is it important that you you take a vacation and to detach completely from any form of social media or any form of work? We'll start with you, Miss Walker. Oh my gosh! Well, Doctor Huber, I want you to absolutely um, you know correct anything that I'm saying that isn't medically proven. But for me and for my friends, uh, what we see is so many of my friends are trauma survivors and the need to get out of your life is like laying down a new train track to wellness in terms of your brain. It's like so taking that trip and disconnecting and going to another country or even doing a road trip where you live 
it's like a, a path to wellness that your brain needs to get a break and to sort of shift your whole perspective on life. And um, so it's vital that we do that. I mean, we're killing ourselves if we aren't doing that, in my humble opinion. All right. I'm talk to you, Ra. Well, I think in a lot of ways she's absolutely 100% correct. And what we got to remember is that, you know, we do our jobs to pay for the rest of our world. We don't do our jobs because that's who we are. And unfortunately, we get too wrapped up in it. Now, some people may be blessed with, like I think I am, with a career that I just totally am enamored with and love. And I love being there. I think it, I think it, uh, really boost me up. Now, are there moments when it is just cutthroat and, you know, it, it's, it's the nasty side of mental health? Of course. And, uh, you know, that, that causes me stress. And that also is one of the things that says, Hey, you need to take a break. You need to stop. You need to go and refresh yourself and shake it all off and pick yourself up and hit the ground running all over again when you get back. And, you know, I love the podcast. I love the interview side of it because every time I, I interview on these shows and I'm doing interviews, I get people out there who are in different parts of the world, different different yeah. professions, and it's just so enriching for me and my experience that it, it's really hard. In fact, you know, we, we took a little business vacation up in New York and uh, did some work, but at the same time, you know, I was able to take, you know, three hours here, four hours there with my wife. And, man, we got back. It was just amazing uh, and and recharged. And the difficult thing, I think, really after doing that is how do you keep that recharge going? And I right. think that's where a lot of people are missing. And if we had an avenue within corporate America, within the entrepreneurs that are out there to do that, uh, I think, I think it would just really. We wouldn't forget our our holidays, but we also wouldn't need them as bad. The holiday would be that that just the recharge. And uh, I'll tell you, when when we were in New York, we stayed at the West House, and it was the first time in probably 20 years that I can remember going in there. There wasn't one person who worked there that did not have a smile on their face and was excited mm. and happy. And I mean, my wife and I are like, oh my God, everybody here is, they love their jobs. And we <laughs> never wanted for anything. I mean, we, we actually started calling it home while we were there. We got to run home. And it's like, because it felt so <laughs> inviting and warm. And we started talking to the employees there and they, they loved the place they worked at. The, the owners took good care of them. When they were sick, they made sure that they were taken care of. When they had family members that were sick, they made sure they were taken care of. And they just loved who they worked for and where they worked. And I think if everybody, every business in this world was able to do that, man, we would have so few issues with work-related uh, trauma and yeah. things like that. I think it would be amazing. And, uh, you know, that's what I want to do. That's, that's how I want my business. You know, when, when I'm rolling, I want everybody here, glad to be here, excited to be here. And, uh, yeah. it's definitely something West House has done and I will visit them again. So. 
And they need to be a sponsor of your show now. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous. And they're just good people. And also mygenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, copenotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. All right. So during the summer, a lot of people are taking up temporary work. Some people are taking jobs that they never thought they were going to do. And I think it leads you to the next one is what summer jobs can be harmful or helpful to your mental health? And what I like to do is we'll do a lightning round where I'll say a job and uh, either one of you can contribute anytime and say if it's positive or negative and give a quick reason why. So summer jobs, are these helpful or harmful to your mental health? And we'll start with camp counselor. Uh, helpful. Oh, helpful. Yeah, helpful. If it's a healthy <laughs> camp, helpful. If it's horrible, get the hell out. <laughs> All right. Yeah. What about lifeguards? Oh, helpful. You get outside, exercise, exercise part of your job. You're getting paid to go out there and stay fit and in shape, stay alert, and interact with people in a very healthy way that can be very rewarding, especially you know, in that role, a lot of us don't always get a lot of respect in our regular life. And uh, when somebody needs help, you definitely get that respect there. Agreed. Although I say be careful about the sun and uh, some lifeguards just sit all day. So if you're going to do that job, wear sunscreen, sit under an umbrella and, and, you know, like do what you just said. Get the exercise. Don't just sit there. And here we go. Cemetery groundskeeper. Positive and negative. <laughs> that can be helpful, well, but I, I actually had a client who it was yeah. helpful for. So. <laughs> I think it depends on the person. Yeah, it could be a beautiful, a beautiful, poignant thing for someone that really, um, you know, I mean, serving our loved ones that passed away can be a beautiful thing. Okay. Exactly. All right. And, uh, Last one, next one is theme park mascot. Full disclosure, I used to be a mascot back in the day, and oh, such a surprise! Yeah, I, I, I can't. And also, full disclosure, it, it was it was detrimental. It was psychologically damaging to me, and I'm still in therapy because of it. But maybe you'll see it differently. And we'll start with you, Doctor Hubert. Theme park mascot is it positive or I, negative to your mental health? I think it could be a negative thing. I mean, you have to have that super outgoing personality. You have to be able to take a lot of trauma because a lot of little kids out there don't like them in real life. They love them on on the cartoons, in the movies, but in real life they don't really like them. And then you always you have to be happy and polite no matter what. An example I give was my son's about 20 months old and we just finished breastfeeding him. It was a hot hot day and this Cinderella character came over 
and you know a, a strapless dress she bends over my son decides it must be time for dinner and grab the dress and it was a little embarrassing for that young lady um and she kept a smile on her face the whole time you know so uh but it, it can be it can be traumatic let me ask you this, Ryan. Yes. When you did that, were you are you saying you were dressed up in a costume? Yes, I was in a full costume. Yes, I was. In, okay. I, I was, okay. I was in, so I, I, no one knew anything about me, and I, I was walking around. And I looked like a, um, a quasi version of Barney. Okay, gotcha. I mean, I I would think that that would be detrimental um, over the long run. And I just saw a show with um, Jamie Fox talking about an experience like that because you you aren't. You are behind something, but I will say this. It's good for the mental health of the people around you. Um, the one, my son does not, he was not a cry kid. Uh, it's not a sign of strength. That just was how he, how he was. But when we walked in Disneyland and Mickey Mouse got down on one knee and threw his arms out at my son, it was a blubber festival for 50 people, including me and my husband at the time, because my son ran Mickey into his arms, and everybody there was buzzing on a mental health high for God knows how long. And I'm still still telling the story, and this is 27 years later. So, wow, wow, that's pretty amazing. Cause when I was the mascot, I was crying inside the thing because I, I think it was very claustrophobic. So I was like. Oh. This is awful. So I'm yeah. glad somebody benefited from that. I'm glad some people got something very positive out of it. <laughs> uh, another summer job would be landscaping. Another, um, full disclosure, another one of my previous engagements, which I wouldn't say it was exactly fun, but uh, I, I got some big muscles as a result of it. And we'll start with you, Miss Walker. Is that a positive or negative uh, component to mental health? I think it would be positive. Anything that connects you to the earth that way and it's outside and you know you're getting your vitamin d naturally um wear the sunscreen but uh you know i i would think that that would be a positive uh, mental health experience okay and how about you dr you you know i think i think it depends if you're on the creative end of it and you're in there digging in the earth and you're creating the landscape you want i think it can be healthy uh, if you're just sitting there day in and day out and unloading rocks and dumping them into somebody's mm. garden and, and spreading them out, it can actually become monotonous and, you know, in the heat of the day, you know, it, it's, it's a difficult thing to do. You get very little time for breaks, but you do take them, of course, or you better, you're going to end up, you know, with a heat stroke, but, um, you end up where you're just kind of an automaton, and I think that can be very detrimental to people. When you get home, I mean, I used to work, I, I worked highway construction in the summers to, to, you know, between college, and, and it was, I loved doing it, but I was gone, you know, 5.30 in the morning, I'd get home at 8.30 at night. It was great. I oh. made a lot of money. I was too tired to spend any of it. So I had money for tuition and everything when school started back up, and I was so ready to get back in the classroom and learn so that I wasn't dependent upon that type of work to to do that. But I'll tell you to this day, I, there are highways, and I love getting on the road with my family and taking my kids and telling them, look, I built this road. I, you know, there's my blood and sweat and tears right here in this Neat. road, wow. and it's going to be here 100 years after I'm gone. So there's That's some so positive cool. sides to it, too. 
That's real awesome. Yeah, that's great. I guess the final question uh, for both of you is, do you think that by taking on a job that is very rough, that is something that you probably can't, can't stand, ultimately could be beneficial to your mental health in the long term? And do you think that also that today's generation of teenagers are willing to do hard work, are willing to take on jobs that they hate, regardless if they're beneficial or detrimental to their mental health? We'll start with you, Dr. Uber. I, I, I say yes and no. I think uh, if you're the kind of person who enjoys a challenge and gets rewarded from that, or even if you don't know you're that kind of person, it can be very, very beneficial teaching you that your limits are not your limits, and you can go way beyond that. But a lot of that has to do with who your mentor is, who your guide is, who's pushing you in this venture, someone who, you know, has has been down that road before. I remember, you know, 14 years old, one of my very first jobs was working for a farmer. We were planting onions, picking okra, you know, combining the corn, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, he threw me in the truck and I would follow him around with the, you know, behind the combine and fill up the trailer full of corn. And, and uh, at the end of the day, we had these two big old trailers full of corn and he throws me the keys to the other truck and says, I'll meet you at the co-op. And it was a, it was a standard truck, and I'd never driven a, a standard vehicle before. And I told him, but I can't. He goes, by the time you get to the highway, you'll be able to drive it. Trust me. And he was right. After driving through all that slow, that, that plowed dirt with this huge trailer, you know, I was not going to go fast in that dirt. But, you know, I killed the engine a couple of times, and, and by the time I got there, I could, I could drive that Ford three on a tree truck and I towed that thing into the, to the co-op and we sold the corn and he was sitting there waiting for me. And, uh, it was very empowering and it taught me a lot about myself. And, uh, I, you know, I still, I, the guy's name was Ray Robertson. I still think about that man at least once a week, if not more. Um, mm-hmm. How about you, Miss Walker? Well, I think that every uh, generation thinks that teenagers are awful and worse than their generation. You know, it's that kind of thing. Well, I used to walk to school on a broken leg for three miles and no shoes. And, you know, you got an iPhone and you just, you know, and every, you know, we didn't have to deal with school shootings. So, you know, <laughs> every generation uh, has its hardships. They're just, you know, different um, depending on the time. I... There are teenagers that don't really want to work hard, and I think sometimes uh, it's because their parents just, like, have to continue to wipe them when they're 16 from every bowel movement. And it's like, let the kids have some, you know, hard times. How are they going to learn? So um, that entitlement that can come with teenagers, they can be very narcissistic. Well, that's what teenagers do and hard work helps them kind of snap and grow out of that. So I'm grateful for every, I mean, I worked at hair salons cleaning up hair stations and book doing bookkeeping. And, um, you know, if I wanted to get my nails done, I had to clean a nail station in order to make that happen. So, um, and it was hard work, 14 hour days and I was 15 years old. So, I'm grateful that I had that, um, and I think that parents should, like, make their kids go do a hard job that they absolutely just hate 
um, because it teaches you something. It really does. It can feel like it's a horrible mental health struggle to get through it, but the getting through it is what gives you the great mental health at the end of it. So that's my two cents. Excellent. And that concludes today's edition of Mental Health Perspectives with your host, Dr. John Huber and Ms. Kristen Sonata-Walker. You learn more about Dr. Huber by going to his website at MainStreetMentalHealth.org. You learn more about Ms. Walker by going to her website at MentalHealthNewsRadio.com. I want to thank everyone for being with us today, and we'll see you back here next week. But never without good intentions I heat up and act on my emotions Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial. Sometimes in you.